0: Hi, friends. Welcome back to RVU. We have a great show for you today talking about our tailgating and bringing our RV to the University of South Carolina. We've got some great tips and tricks and some quick, easy recipes to share. So stay tuned. Welcome to RVU with your hosts, George and Lisa Hernandez. Each week, listen in as George and Lisa talk about their RV and travel adventures all around the world. George and Lisa travel in their 40-foot Class A Tiffin motor coach and tow their Jeep Wrangler, always looking for fun and adventure. Hi friends, welcome back to R-Review. I'm Lisa Richard Hernandez. And I'm George Hernandez. And today we are going to talk to you all about our tailgating. We have two children at the University of South Carolina, and we may not win a whole lot of football games, but there's one thing we know how to do in the South, and that's tailgate. We can tailgate. We're going to talk to you today just about some of the things that we do and how we got into tailgating and from the driver's perspective and from the I'm the cook and George is the 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 i the and setup man. Right, the setup man. So let me just start by telling you that, to be very honest, I had basically sworn off ever tailgating again before we had our RV. It would be going to the games and you either buy or rent or buy a ticket to use basically a parking spot for your car. And you wait in line for traffic for hours. You get into your tailgating spot and you set everything up out of your trunk and you eat there and then you put it all back and someone's got to be the designated driver to get you home if you drink and you've got to figure out a way to keep everything cold. And so it just, it just really kind of, since I wasn't a huge football fan, you know, especially before the kids were at the University of South Carolina, it just wasn't my thing.
1: And that's not bad if you're doing it once in a while, like one game a season or two games. But to do it every weekend that there's a home game like we do, it gets really old really fast.
0: Yeah, especially because we live, you know, two and a half hours away. So we would have either needed to get a hotel or, or, you know, stayed at the kid's house, which would be inconvenient (laughs) also. So when we got our first RV, our friend Dana said, you know, you guys got to come up tailgating to the USC games. And I said, oh, no, no, no. I've been there. I've done that. It's just not my thing. You know, I'm just as happy staying at home and my, you know, where I can make food and do whatever I want in the comfort of my own home and watch it on TV. So he said, but it's different when you bring your RV. It's totally different. You just got to try it. So long story short, we did take our RV the first time to, I think it was the Clemson, Carolina game, wasn't it?
1: I, I don't remember if it was exactly Clemson, but I know it was a big game. It was a it big was game, packed.
0: Yeah, so we got a temporary spot that we Dana had set us up with to rent, and we took our RV there the first time. So that got me hooked and gave me a new perspective, let's say, on tailgating. So the following year, Dana said to uh, our buddy Dana said to George, "Hey, they got you know we have the spot with all these other RVs." In the fairgrounds, would you guys like to, you know, get a spot for the year?
1: Yeah, they, he said there was an opening and we could have it if we wanted it. And we had enjoyed it so much that we jumped on board with uh, Dana and our other crew. We have five RVs that um, we basically create a little courtyard in between all five of ours, and it's awesome. And just for a little background, so Lisa gave you a little background about her. I grew up in New York and we had a lot of pro teams. So I, I really didn't follow college football. So when I moved down here and everybody kept saying, hey, you got to go check out a Gamecock uh, game. You got to go to a football game. You got to go to college football. It's awesome. And that's all everybody talked about. And to me, it was like, what's the big deal? It's college. It doesn't, I don't, it's not even on my radar. But I'll tell you what, after the first game, all it took was one game and I was hooked. And then when we got our RV, hook line and sinker. So that's my background on tailgating cuz I never did it.
0: Yes, and so I went to Western Michigan University and I don't really remember tailgating up there very much. I know that it was a lot colder during football season, so there was nowhere near the kind of tailgating that we do down south here. I mean, I know there was a little bit of tailgating, but I never really was into it or anything. And I think they like the Big House in University of Michigan I know they have tailgates and stuff, so I'd love to hear your tales of tailgating in those more northern states or anywhere else. As a matter of fact, I know South Carolina, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, Florida, we're all big, huge Tennessee tailgating stakes. Yeah, big tailgaters. And as a guest, I'm pretty sure you can get guest spots sometimes for your RV to come tailgate.
1: Yes, most, most colleges offer guest spots. They they reserve some spots. I will say that we've had a lot of, obviously, teams visiting, and they bring their, their tailgaters. And everybody that we've had the opportunity to talk to, whether it's Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, they say that we have probably one of the best locations as far as tailgating. We are literally 200 yards from the stadium, if that, where... I I think it was Alabama when their tailgaters came to visit. They had a couple of cocktails with us and we were talking and they said where they have to tailgate, they can't even see the stadium. I think they were over a mile away from the stadium, which really sucks. I mean, we get the whole atmosphere when the team scores, we can hear the crowd cheering. We... We see the fireworks, which is a whole nother funny thing that I think Lisa's about to get into. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's like, I, okay, I'm going to be honest. I barely ever go into the game because we're watching it right there on the giant TVs and I have like my chair and the food and drinks and whatever I want right there. So I think there's like ever since uh, Janet Jackson, there's like a 10 second delay on all football games or something. Yes, there is a delay. We don't even have to really like watch the game very closely if we just listen for the fireworks we know something important is about to happen and we'll go running over the TV and watch it.
1: So we'll do that and what I like to do is when we got a new person that comes up for the first time you know we'll be watching the game and I'll hear the fireworks go off and I'll say to them, "Hey, I bet you 10 dollars they score on this play." And I've I've had a couple of takers and they're like, <laughs> "How did you know they were going to score?" and I I finally give in and give them their money back and i say when you hear the fireworks that means they scored
0: (laughs) yeah and just fyi if you ever do tailgate with george he tries to bet on every single thing that there is to bet on between cornhole or or left right center or coin flip whatever they can bet on they've got some kind of crazy that's part of the fun yeah so let's talk about our setup um people see it a lot of times if you go on our social media you can see the pictures of what we have set up george likes to go over the top so i would say we have uh probably one of the one of the cooler setups of of you we're,
1: know yeah we're, I'm, I'm
0: pretty over the top he's pretty, got a bunch over of blow-up couches and we've got three tents and, and if
1: the tents don't have chandeliers they don't count
0: yes for chandeliers in our little tents and
1: i have disco lights everywhere we have a a we have a fold up bar, I guess.
0: Oh uh, yeah, that's really cool. It's uh, it's like uh, if you've ever seen, well it's like the tents that break down into the bags, but it, the bag is a little bit bigger and it fits a whole entire bar. I think it's a uh, game day or something like that where we got it, but it's, it's pretty cool. It goes up in like 10 minutes and it has a wrap around it and like for tailgating, of course. And it's, you can
1: buy a wrap for every team that you can imagine, professional, college, and then it also has, we also have a, another wrap that makes it look like a tiki bar. has a thatch roof and everything.
0: Yeah, we'll put the link to that in our show notes. Uh, so if you're ever interested in buying one, I think it was about $300, it was, no, maybe it was, 500
1: It was 500 for the initial setup, and I think it came with one wrap. And then we purchased an additional wrap, which I think the wraps, which includes the bar wrap, an umbrella cover, and covers for four of the stools, I think it was like $125 additional. But it's really good quality. It's not going to fall apart. And the company, which we'll we'll add to our notes, um, was fantastic. The first time I ordered it, I ordered the Gamecocks wrap, and it didn't come, and they said that it showed that it was shipped. So they immediately shipped out another one, and finally, I got both. I got the, the second shipment and then the first one came in. Something happened. It got really delayed. So I called them up and I said, hey, I really feel bad. You know, I, I finally got the first one. Just give me an address and I'll return it. And they said, nah, just keep it. It's, we're all good. Just keep it. And now you have a backup one. So I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So all of that said, it's a lot of stuff to lug up there. And uh, George is the king in charge of packing and unpacking things. He has a certain system to his things. And I'd say, you know, maybe some of those tips and tricks, maybe he can share with us. But one of the biggest things is, you know, packing the stuff that's on the bottom so that it comes out first. And it's always hard the the first game of the year because you're kind of sort of sorting things through. But... Any advice on that, George? Yes, absolutely.
1: Packaging okay. engineering. So get your pencils and paper ready <laughs> because it is easy if you do it properly. What's worked the best for me is here's what I do. And I have, <laughs> here's what I do, but I haven't done it with this RV yet. With our old RV, I had a diagram on the door of the storage downstairs underneath. So I knew where everything was and I always put it back in the same exact place so that everything just came out in the exact order so what i like to do first is get the tents out get the rugs out uh, pull everything out even before we pop out the rv because a lot of this stuff is heavy tents are heavy the bars heavy the our grill is super heavy so i'd like to get all that out before the pop-outs because then it's a pain in the back because you've got to
0: crawl under the crawl
1: pop-out. underneath the pop-out So once we have everything out, I lay it out and we just systematically start and we know where everything goes because we've been doing it for so long as far as our setup and our neighbor's setup and our, like I said, we have five RVs. So everybody has a little contribution to the setup. It's quite elaborate. We'll post pictures. It's, it's big. So we all know where everything's going to go and we kind of set up the same way. Every year we change it up a little bit, but I throw down the rugs. I put the tent on top of the rugs. Then I do the bar. Then I do the kitchen. And, And if, if I do that in the same order every single time I can unload, set it up in probably an hour. And then the hardest part is tearing down and putting everything back in the bags and then loading it into the RV because there's not a lot of storage room underneath. There is a lot, but there isn't a lot. So, once you figure out your RV and where everything fits perfectly do yourself a favor draw a diagram stick it on the on the inside of the door and you'll thank me later but it it's really not that difficult it's just like everything else practice practice practice
0: <laughs> yeah and we uh have had different things each year to different chairs and different couches and stuff like that. So we do switch it up a little bit, but generally just being super organized is the key to quick and easy setup and tear down, I would say, and many hands make light work. So, you know, usually we all kind of help each other out and, uh, we're, we're set up and cleaned up. Both probably takes on and about an hour on average, sometimes less depending on,
1: yeah, sometimes more, sometimes less. It depends on your helpers and,
0: I really think that the just, we get there on Friday, like around two or three o'clock, which is awesome. So we we beat the five o'clock traffic and we get set up and we, sometimes we're practically the only ones sitting in the parking lot, but that's another really good tip. If, if you've got a big rig, try to get there early. Uh, you know, we have the 40 foot and we're towing the Jeep with us. Um, but our friends have a sprinter van. So, you know, they could swing up there Saturday morning and, and sneak in and, and park very easily. But, for a 40-foot coach, you definitely want to be the first one, you know. Or as early as possible. As early The, the as nice possible. thing with
1: uh, USC is they allow us to go up there Friday by noon. They open the gates. So you can go in and start setting up at noon Friday. The game is Saturday. And then you don't have to leave s- until, I think it's 1 p.m. on, 1 or 2 p.m. on Sunday. So they give us plenty of time to get up there and just set up and relax and thank you usc and fairgrounds for doing that
0: yeah um this year we also got electric hookups which was which was great because that meant we didn't have to run our generators for the whole weekend and a lot of people do um still park in the part where there is isn't electrical hookups and they do have to run their generators and one thing that we needed to have that we purchased and it's great to just have in your coach RV or whatever is a snorkel that goes on your exhaust pipe. To your generator. To your generator, yes.
1: Actually, the fairgrounds in USC will not let you run your generator unless you have a snorkel. It basically, just it's uh, a chimney. It just vents the air, the exhaust, the exhaust straight up. Does, so you're, it, does it really help? I, I guess. Well, it, I mean, if you than, got
0: all those RVs close to each other, that's a lot of... Engines running all weekend long right
1: if if your neighbor's right next to you and they're sitting where the exhaust is coming out, I'm I would be very grateful for an um uh, a snorkel. I guess it does work
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's something that you need to purchase, and they do require that, and they're always handy to have they're good at music festivals and things like that also when you're anytime you're boondocking, yeah, yeah.
1: just as a courtesy. It's just nice to vent it out of the way, not toward your neighbors.
0: Yeah, so speaking of courtesies, let's just talk about some etiquette. A lot of people uh, come to our tailgate. We invite everyone to stop by. We've got our four teenagers. They're always inviting their friends. And that makes my heart happy to have all those kids there. And I love feeding them and I love entertaining. So it's totally my jam. What isn't my jam is when all the kids or whomever all want to use our RV as the restroom. And... When you understand RVing, and you know for the listeners that already have RVs, you totally are going to get what I'm saying. When you're not on full hookups, you've only got so much room in your black and gray water tanks, and so much water on. Uh, you know, we fill up with water and we pump out after. But you know, if we have 25 people coming in and out all day long, using the restroom, flushing the toilets, then you know we're using up all of our tank space and. It's just proper etiquette, either one, to ask the owners of the coach if you can go in and use the restroom, or two, to just use the public restroom that's like literally 100 feet away. That's just, it's just common courtesy. Common courtesy. And pick up after yourself. Maybe I'm speaking because I have all these teenagers around me all the time, but really that's.
1: But they're they're good. I give them credit. It, It could be a lot worse. The bathroom issue, yes, we had to address that by doing two things. I finally got tired of it and just locked the RV. And then my buddy Chris ordered a, uh, it's a sign that says bathroom is out of order and it's on a, like a loaded spring, (laughs) like a shower rod. So you put it up on the door frame and it just says bathroom's out of order. And we just crack up because we see the kids looking at it and we're like, "Ah, they think it's broken. Yeah, But But it's, you we know, shouldn't the, the, have to do that. They, really. We shouldn't have to do that. Like Lisa said, the bathroom is literally less than fifty yards away. They can easily walk there and not put us through the you know, if it fills up, we're in trouble. Because once everybody's in, there's no moving that R V. So if it fills up, we're done. We we've got to go to the bathroom. Yeah,
0: yeah. And we don't even take showers, really. Like well, we shower we every on Friday. We do the camping five shower. Five-minute camping shower where we know, you know, brush your teeth and turn off the water while you're, while you're brushing kind of a thing. Save water tips. Anyone who's been camping and dry, boondocking knows how to turn the water off and save it. Now, I usually even save the dishes till the end because that way I'm not like constantly running the water washing dishes when I can just do like all of them together at the end of the day
1: yeah it's so much simpler that way
0: speaking of dishes my number one cannot live without thing i think i've got three boxes on the rv is crock pot liners if you have not yet discovered crock pot liners it is the world's best invention in my opinion because your food is sitting there all day long and you're in those little, you know, sinks and stuff that are in your RV or your coach or whatever and it's difficult to let things soak and hard to get things off that are hard to get off that have been burning, you know. You know, crockpots can be very difficult to clean after a while. And
1: But what I don't get is what kind of hocus-pocus wizardry is going on that you put a plastic liner in the crockpot.
0: And it doesn't melt. The
1: food burns on the inside but the plastic bag doesn't melt.
0: I don't know, but it's amazing. It and whoever is amazing. invented them, thank you very much. I think it's they're made by like Reynolds or something. And so if you have never tried them, they even fit in the big crock pots. That's what I use. And they are like I just pick that liner up out of there and basically needs a quick rinse out and and the crock pot's cleaned. So I almost wouldn't even cook in a crock pot anymore oh, without yeah. without using that. Like liner. having to
1: clean a crock pot would be like
0: Going back to Stone Age, <laughs> right? Exactly. We introduced
1: all our our crew to well, we nothing. Lisa introduced our crew to the, the crockpot liners, and now everybody has it's like, them. hey,
0: do you got a liner I can borrow? So I keep a whole stack of of crockpot liners here and at the house, anywhere that I need it for entertaining. Well, you can never
1: have enough Ziploc bags.
0: Yeah, that's true. And uh, the other thing that's really handy are trash cans. Like they they provide one trash can for our site, but you know. Obviously, that's just n- with that many people, it's really not enough. And they make those little fold down, um, kind of like accordion trash cans. And having those at our sites is also really super helpful. Um, you, they fit the big black garbage cans. So if you don't have those, I highly recommend the pop up and pop down. They like kind of yeah, the, the round ones, down like yeah, a and they,
1: they pop down to nothing, and yeah. it beats having a bunch of. Bags tied up to the tent or tied to a door or tied to uh, that's one of my pet peeves too. When we go see another campsite and they've got garbage bags tied everywhere and it just looks, it looks bad.
0: Oh, that's speaking of, of tents and tying down and things like that. So, oh yeah. So, okay. So last, well, it wasn't last year because last year was COVID and tailgating was canceled. It was the year before that, the very last game of the season, it started to rain it was a Clemson game. We had been up late. And so I went out and I put everything under our big 10 by 20 tent that we had at the time. Um, So the rain wouldn't get it. This is like 5 o'clock in the morning. And I said, oh, God, we're going to have to get out there and pick up all of our stuff in the morning. And the next thing I hear is like, (laughs) like, all like something smashing outside. And there was like a microburst of a storm. And it just... Blew our tents away and tore everything up. They were all halfway across the parking lot. But one thing that we invested in this year, and just any wind can take your your ten by ten tents away, is these sandbags. Where did you get those, George?
1: I got those at Amazon. They're I think sixteen dollars for four, and they work fantastic. You, you do have to buy sand also, or um, put sand in them, if or you, put sand you in them. You live by the beach, you got plenty of sand. Mm-hmm. Um, but you fill them up. And I have now have 12 of them because we have three tents and they work great.
0: They're just like weights that like sort of wrap around the base of the tent leg. like Yeah, they
1: got Velcro straps and you strap them to the legs of the tent and they just really, they work great. And we also now...
0: Because we're tailgating on cement, so there's no way to like stake it down. But even then, like if you didn't, even if you were on grass... You wouldn't really want the stakes unless they went straight down because you don't want any strings or anything that someone's going to trip over
1: yeah and and all those strings are they do become a, a nightmare um but what we also do now is since like i said we have three tents we put them as close together as we can and then i'll tie the three tents together as well as the uh sandbags which work fantastic and we have not had any issues but when Lisa tells you that those tents flew away, when we woke up the next morning, they were gone. And I started looking around for them and, and I saw this jumbled mess of aluminum like a hundred yards away. <laughs> and I was like, nah, that can't be our tents. So I finally walked over and sure enough, it was our tents. They went from 10, 10 by 20 to one by two. <laughs> I mean, it just mangled. it was destroyed.
0: Yeah, so we had to buy all new things for this year. Um, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, George's favorite thing to do is set up tailgating things and try to go over the top for other people. We did,
1: if- we did kind of mess up, un- unknowing. Lisa went to Costco and purchased two uh, Gamecock tents and forgot to tell me about it. And I went to Costco and I bought two Gamecock tents. So now we have four.
0: Yeah, well, we gave one to Ryan to use for his rugby. Our son Ryan plays rugby for USC. Uh, well, he's borrowing it, I guess. Um, but like, definitely one of my other tips for tailgating, and one of the things I love about tailgating is just like hanging out all day and playing games, and just the togetherness. And like, you know, we always have cornhole. You brought the dominoes, putter the putter ball, which is like a putting game. Um, that folds down also that uh has like six holes almost like beer. it's like
1: beer pong but with a putter
0: yeah um and then of course actual beer pong and flip cup the kids we also like to play left right center sometimes we have domino table yeah um that's the cuban uh Background. The Cuban
1: version of dominoes. We like, don't play that crazy train and all that other right, mumbo jumbo
0: right. So we got people hooked on dominoes. So all kinds of games, and I think investing in things like that is really fun and it brings people together. So if you're thinking about what do I need for my tailgate, if you're getting your setup done or if you need added, I definitely would look at some of those games that are really fun. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Cornhole is a must. You're not tailgating if you don't have a cornhole set up i think you played cornhole for like 10 hours last weekend yeah yeah actually won some money
0: (laughs) yeah i never hear about the money part till later unless you won
1: (laughs) if i lose then we broke out even
0: all right so my other very favorite thing about tailgating is making food and i love that we have go ahead
1: ironically i love eating food (laughs)
0: Yes, and so do all the kids. And that I just really enjoy because I do love entertaining. But there are people that are not like me that would like to do tailgating but don't want to go through all of that work. And so I'm going to share with you my, my top three easiest, highest rated recipes. And you can get a piece of paper if you want to, but you can probably just remember these. My first recipe is meatballs. And every single time I make these meatballs, this is what I do. I go to Costco or another store like that big, and they sell frozen five-pound bags of meatballs. I put the crockpot liner in the large crockpot. I pour the frozen bag of meatballs in there. I pour one giant bottle of sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce, and I cook it for five hours. By the time they're ready, everyone thinks they're the most delicious meatballs that I've ever had and ask me for the recipe all the time, which I'm embarrassed to then tell them it's just sweet baby raised barbecue sauce and frozen Costco meatballs, but they love them and there's never any meatballs left over.
1: Um, But she forgot to tell you that she... Puts on the apron and then she got some flour and stuff. I don't, it on I her don't face, do all that. No, I don't. She's like, oh my God, I work so hard. I don't. Uh, no, I she don't. doesn't.
0: But everybody loves those meatballs. The kids love them. Adults love them. Even when I have fancy parties, I make those same meatballs and people eat the crap out of them.
1: And I will say, those meatballs are the only thing probably that I can seriously think we never have leftovers of.
0: Oh no. We never have leftovers also of the next recipe that I'm going to give you. That's my cheesy sausage dip. Yeah, that's another good one. The kids beg me to make this wherever we go in the RV. It's like one of those kind of things like, oh, we're going in the RV. Are you going to make cheesy sausage dip? And I'm like, okay. And that recipe is also very, very simple. It is, well, if you're going to use a large crock pot, For You can make this in half of a batch, but I make a large crock pot. It's two full-size blocks of Velveeta cheese, cut it up in chunks, two packages of uh, Jimmy Dean sausage. So I usually get one hot and one regular sausage, and I ground those up, cook it ahead of time, and rinse and drain and strain them, and then I put them in a big Ziploc bag. So I cook the sausage so I don't have to do it on the coach when we get there. Or wherever we're going, and then if you want to prepare it really ahead of time, you can actually freeze that sausage, and then just grab it. You know, make a whole bunch of those sausage packs, and stick them in the freezer, and then bring it with you when you're gonna go do your tailgate or whatever. I take the two blocks of Velveeta, the sausage, one can of Rotel tomatoes, like the whole thing, and about a cup of sour cream, and I basically stir that around until it melts. Takes about an hour on low. And serve it with uh, tortilla chips. And that's like, the kids think is like the best thing they've ever eaten.
1: Oh, it is, it is good. I mean, I mean, it's
0: a thick, it, I mean, it could almost be a meal. I mean, it's sausage and cheese is a pretty hearty cheese dip. Yeah. And then the third and final thing that the kids also always beg me to make that's also very easy, and you can also make it in an Instapot, which I can't give you the directions for the Instapot because I'm still still working on the Instapot, even though I know that. Try to master it yeah, I, I mean, like, I know it works. It's just that whole being locked, closed, and not being able to look at it thing that freaks me out. But um, so in the Crock-Pot, I take six or seven, um, it, they can be frozen chicken breasts, um, boneless, skinless chicken breasts. I take one jar of Costco Salsa, and like, probably two packs, or if you get big jar I just get a big jar of taco seasoning and kind of like eyeball it um but you could use like two packs of taco seasoning I put that in the crock pot let that cook for five or six hours shred the chicken and um serve it with soft shell or hard shell tacos some shredded cheese um shredded lettuce and sour cream and the kids Always eat the crap out of that too. They love well, they the love kids and the chickens. adults. Everybody, that, loves, the everybody loves that one. And they're actually oh, they, like a really they're pretty healthy because um, it's just the um, white meat chicken breast pulled and you know salsa. So that there's you know you could just eat that chicken and and it could be very kind of a healthy alternative to meatballs, anyways, No yes. cheese and sausage. But those are my three go to tailgating recipes. If you're ever like going to visit someone's tailgate. And you want to be impressive, just show up with your crock pot full Tom, of sausage and bring, cheese bring or those meatballs.
1: meatballs and you'll be the hit. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. then just really super elaborate on how hard it was to prepare that. Right. Yeah. People
0: but, always ask me, are are these those grape jelly meatballs? And they're not. They're just sweet baby rays. Yeah, it's it.
1: it's delicious. So the I the biggest thing that I, I think Lisa's trying to allude to is Prep before you get to tailgate. You don't really want to be cooking in your RV, sausage and all that, and you don't want to be standing over a hot grill all day when you don't have to. You know, you got to have hot dogs. You got to have hamburgers. That's fine. There is a lot of stuff that we do on the. We have a flat griddle. Um, Yeah. Those quesadillas. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah.
0: Some things that I've made on our flat top are chicken and shrimp quesadillas. I think I served about 60 quesadillas when I did those. Kids were all lined up with their plates. It was awesome. Um, I think there were some kids that weren't even with us. Uh, yeah, well, I know that a couple of weeks ago I did uh, I was cooking burgers after the game and the the whole crowd was like walking out and that burger smoke was just like kind of going across the crowd and the kids like strangers came up and one was like I'll give you money if I could possibly have one of those cheeseburgers and I didn't, of course, charge them. But next thing you know, I had like I, I served fifty cheeseburgers and fifty hot dogs to the kids that were just walking by.
1: You know what they say: don't feed a stray cat.
0: I know, but I that to me is that's my jam. No, was awesome. I love it. They were like to see the look on those kids' faces, like they won the lottery. It was awesome, and I did it, and and I enjoy that.
1: Well, for those college kids, any hot meals, like, oh, my God.
0: right? And, like, what did it cost me? 30 bucks at the most of, like, just, you know, burgers. And we still fed our whole crew on top of that. So I don't like to bring stuff home anyways. And I, we already had a lot of food there. So our group usually tries to coordinate. Like, like when I did tacos, I did the chicken tacos. Our, my friend did the beef tacos. My other friend did a corn dip. You know, we, we try to, like, make foods that complement each other. And then last week, we did pulled pork. Um, I did a Boston butt, and I have a big, huge roaster, and I just put a 17-pound Boston butt in there, started cooking it the night before, cooked all day on low, 200, and the next morning we had pulled pork and coleslaw. Those things are like in big beans?
1: We had baked beans. We had ribs. We had... Oh, yeah, ribs. um, Because Matt... My
0: friend had a smoker.
1: Yeah, one of our friends, Matt, took the place of another friend that couldn't come and uh, he brought a smoker with him and he did ribs, he did bacon wrapped turkey breast. Bacon
0: wrapped chicken. Bacon wrapped chicken, chicken. I mean anything wrapped in bacon. He he went all yeah. out
1: and the it was, food delicious. was delicious. Turkey.
0: Yeah. And so like for the Clemson Carolina game that's Thanksgiving weekend. It's home game again for us for the University of South Carolina. So I will probably do that weekend, like a Friendsgiving, like I have an airless, um, airless, oilless air turkey fryer, which is awesome. It makes it taste like a fried turkey, but you don't have to lug all that oil. Pros to that is it's great for cooking a turkey without spending all that money on oil. The negative is it really the only use for that piece of equipment is to cook turkeys. So when I do it, I try to make a few turkeys at a time and they turned out delicious. Last we did it two years ago. Um, yeah, when we were tailgating. So good. It was really fun and um everyone brought sides, different, you know, stuffing and mashed potatoes and all that kind of stuff. It was really fun. So we really enjoyed that on there. But there's all kinds of ideas. Uh my new thing this year is meatball sliders. That's a new thing that the kids love. Anything on a Hawaiian roll is like goes like hot cakes also. I think Hawaiian rolls are like I don't know. I,
1: yeah, it's Delicious like crack mess. to a college kid. If you gave them Hawaiian rolls on a Hawaiian roll, they would yeah. think <laughs> you just embed the, the greatest thing ever.
0: Yeah, so the kids do beg me to make these things called breakfast sliders is what I call them, and I make them at home ahead of time. So I take the Hawaiian rolls, I slice them in half like the long way, you know, so the top of all the rolls come off together. Then I scramble eggs ahead of time and let those cool. Um, I do the same thing. I cook the sausage, drain it, let it cool. And then... I assemble the sandwiches at home, so it's it's you know ground sausage, scrambled eggs, and then I put um, slices of Kraft American cheese on top. Put the lid of the the bun back on it. I wrap the whole package in foil, and I write on the outside of it what it is. And then you can just put it right into the oven, wrapped in the foil. It takes about 30 minutes to cook at about 300 degrees for it to all get hot. And then of course you can slice it into breakfast sliders and the kids really enjoy that. But and, one little
1: tip with with the Hawaiian bread sliders that Lisa just described, don't take them out of the little cardboard packet that they come in. Take the plastic off, but leave them in the cardboard and they won't burn. If you well, take them out and wrap them in aluminum, the could, bottoms will burn.
0: Yeah, I mean, they could still burn in the, in the paper if you overcook them, but a lot of people don't, I guess, know that the paper is kind of like must be made of the same thing that crock pot liners are made of, but the paper doesn't burn up inside the oven. So I wrap the whole thing in in foil and just stick it right in the oven. Um, and my new meatball sliders that I started making this year, I take the Hawaiian rolls and you cut like a little circle out of the top of each little roll. And then you put like a tablespoon of spaghetti sauce or pasta pizza sauce or whatever in the bottom, warm the meatballs and then, you know, put a cooked meatball inside of each little hole and then put a, oh, put a little tiny bit of mozzarella cheese, then put the meatball, then put a little more sauce and mozzarella cheese on the top. And I sprinkle it with a garlic, uh, a garlic and herb seasoning and cook it again in a thing. And they taste like delicious little individual yeah, meatball those were sliders. So good. Yeah. Oh my God. My kids really love those too. So they're all really simple recipes that don't require actually having to write it down, but Definitely we, good.
1: W- we like to keep it simple. I know there's people out there that love to cook and they'll they'll do some ribs that take all day to do and that's fine. Everybody's got their thing. For us, it's simplicity. We like to make it simple, good, because we want to enjoy the tailgating. And again, some people, that's their thing. They enjoy cooking on the grill. More power to you. I'd rather be sitting watching the game and drinking a beer and eating all these wonderful recipes that Lisa just described to
0: us. (laughs) Yeah, like we're next, uh, I think this upcoming game, we are doing Italian theme and I'll do like, we would do that when the weather starts to cool down and I'll do like a crock pot lasagna. My friend will do some other kind of, I can't remember some kind of shells she was talking about making. Yeah, Just, it's really fun, we enjoy it. So if you ever want any recipes or if you have recipes that you'd love to share, I would love those easy recipes. And uh, I always like to expand my, uh, I guess, Tailgate menu items for menu, ta- yeah. tailgating ideas. Yes, always looking for new ideas, so please send them along.
1: And uh, another suggestion, like uh, I'm sure you've picked up on it. Like I said, we have five people in our group. We Lisa and the other girls always coordinate what we're gonna do every week so that one person doesn't show up with Italian and another one's got Chinese and another one's got... we, we all just agreed that if we're going to do one, for example, if we decide to make Mexican, everybody's going to bring a Mexican dish and it just works out great.
0: We complement each
1: other. Yeah, everything just complements each other and we have a nice set menu and it just, it's working out so nicely.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's fun. I think that's really about all I have to say about um, tailgating like tips and ideas and things like that. I'd love to try to go At some time, at some point, I would like to check out some other colleges in the RV for tailgating. So if you're listening and you tailgate at one of those other colleges, maybe in our conference or that we play and it's not one of our home games, I'd love to uh, be a guest at um, where you tailgate and learn more about that.
1: And then we can do a podcast from your tailgate and interview you and you can tell us what you do and what kind of foods you like to cook. Yes. So let us know. We'd love to come visit.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Definitely uh people one other question i get is what people wear for tailgating i know for parents weekend a lot of parents were asking like what's everybody wear and really um in the south it's so interesting because some of the girls will wear mini skirts and tank tops those are college girls uh the moms wear uh you know leggings or shorts or skorts or cute little dresses all of course with your team colors on and and accessories so um we're black and kind of a burgundy maroon color is the Gamecocks so um, we'll wear different t-shirts and things like that but comfortable shoes is the most important Oh part.
1: yes comfortable so, shoes especially but, for us we're, we're on asphalt so it's like standing on concrete all day long yeah just, it, it, it will wear on you big and time.
0: there's a lot of walking there it's it's very easy to do 10,000 steps in a day there so just Just plan your outfit around your shoes. And if your shoes are comfortable, you'll be comfortable. That's my main thing.
1: One thing I'd like to say is everybody's there to have fun. We always welcome anybody from the visiting teams. We've had so many fun nights with the other, the visiting team. And we talk about our tailgate. They tell us about theirs. And we just, we're there to have fun. I hate when people get negative or get that attitude and just, you know, I, we had to pull a young kid the other day to the side and we're like, listen, man, they're visiting us. Why are you harassing them? Just let it go. This is so stupid. There's no need to talk to people like that. You know, sure. If there's a little rivalry, you can egg them on a little bit, but not, I mean, the way this kid was talking to these adults, I'm surprised he didn't, he didn't get hurt. So just have fun, enjoy each other's company, and invite the visitors. We always do it. Come have a drink with us. The bar is open. Southern
0: hospitality. Southern
1: hospitality.
0: That's right. That's and right.
1: we're great losers because we're used to it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I usually only have to watch the first quarter and then I'm like, oh, we're so far behind. I can just go enjoy myself. Now. Yeah, but this year go we're actually
1: we're doing okay. We're, we're, <laughs> we actually won a couple games, which is always a bonus.
0: Yes, I'm always so excited and surprised when we win. But just always stay positive and be kind to each other out there. Uh, if you're ever in the University of South Carolina, it's a home game. We're in the, the fairgrounds right across from the uh, the stadium and our view podcast is right on the front window of our coach you can't miss it and, and on the back on the back so feel free to stop by we'd love more than anything if somebody came by and said I listened to your podcast and I wanted to come by and say hello that would be amazing for us we've got some great travel plans coming up uh, on Sunday we're heading out of town we're going to be uh, in Pembroke Pines uh, to visit Georgia's parents for several days, and his brother will be there. Uh, his mom, I think we've talked in the past about, you know, moving her into a nursing home and things like that, so we're working on some stuff like that. And then we are going to be in Key West at our one of our favorite places, Boyd's Campground. I think we've talked about Boyd's before. We several love it. Several times, we love and, it. And uh, even though what happens at Fantasy Fest stays at Fantasy Fest, I'm we're going to try to maybe even just uh we'll fill you in on as many great things as we can while we're down there well Um, i'm bringing
1: the podcast equipment so we might do a podcast from fantasy fest and i apologize now if we are drunk no (laughs) don't whatever don't drink in podcast
0: i would just say i apologize if we don't do a podcast from there because we were drunk not that i think we should do one drunk no, that's be funny. <laughs> no. But yes, well, we I guess will, you'll find out.
1: We will divulge everything on Fantasy Fest. No, we won't. And we're going to tell you everything we did. No, we won't. And look forward to it. But we'll give you tips and tricks for Fantasy yes, Fest. Yes, absolutely. Which is
0: a festival in Key West, if you haven't looked it up, and it's like street parties and body painting and all kinds of crazy stuff. Shenanigans. And then after that, we have Owner's Week at Hilton Head Island Motor Coach Resort, which I'm super excited to see everyone and our friends and... We haven't been down as much this year as we had wanted to be, um, just because my mother wasn't able to travel because she broke her foot. So, and you know, she stays with us. So, that's been a little bit of a deterrent for us to be able to get around and get out. But uh, we're going to be there for uh, the week for Owners Week and View Properties. My real estate company is sponsoring a hoedown on Thursday night. So, that'll be fun. Um, I might even make my meatballs for it. (laughs) And then we have a tailgating weekend going right into that. Uh, Another, our next home game, which is Florida. Yes, Florida. That's going to be a big game.
1: We got big games coming up.
0: Yeah, so we're packing our coach for three weeks. We're going to be on the road. Uh, My brother's coming to stay with my mom at our house. And uh, we're going to be broadcasting remote and working remotely. And um, And we have a
1: couple other trips that um, we will be... Doing podcasts for one is the um, Darius Rucker in Cabo.
0: Uh that's in Cancun in January, end of January. Uh, we've got it's a music festival. It's at is it Darius or Hootie and the Blowfish? It's Hootie and the Blowfish. Okay, awesome yep. with yep. Darius Rucker, obviously. Yeah, and uh, well, we you know we've got Christmas and your birthday coming up, so George's bad Santa party. Yeah, we'll be around almost the whole month of December, and uh, tailgating last weekend is. Thanksgiving weekend so hopefully we'll uh, have lots of great updates and things to share with you along the way and uh, again if you're at a home game at USA stop by and check us out Uh, drop us a line if you have any great information or some recipes you'd like to share with me your favorite tailgating recipes I'm always looking for more and I'm curious to know about what those people do up north in Michigan do they tailgate I don't know
1: tailgaters or tailgaters you're not going to stop i i do remember uh, the giants and the jets and it would be snowing and there's tailgaters out there they you know a fan is a fan they're not going to give up okay an opportunity to get pumped up before the game and right have some well we've cocktails. got the tampa
0: rv super show coming up also at the end of january so we've got a busy month in january as well so things are already starting to book up for last quarter if you have any interest in being a guest on our podcast, please reach out to us because we would love to have more guests on our show and hear what you have to say.
1: Absolutely. Sounds good to me. Thanks. Until next time. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Our View. Don't forget to drop us a line at rviewpodcast.com. That's the letter R, view cast.com and like subscribe and follow us so you don't miss out on our next adventure